0: Hi, you're listening to Power to the People, a weekly show about social justice movements in Central Kentucky on Lexington Community Radio. This week, you're with Kentuckians for the Commonwealth, or KFTC. We are a 35-year-old statewide grassroots organization working to empower Kentuckians all across the state. We're glad you're here. Let's get started. We are Kentuckians for the Commonwealth and this is our vision. We are working for a day when Kentuckians and all people enjoy a better quality of life. When the lives of people and communities matter before profits.
1: When our communities have good jobs that support our families without doing damage to the water, air and land. When companies and the wealthy pay their
2: share of taxes and can't buy elections.
1: When all people have health care, shelter, food, education and other basic needs.
2: When children are listened to and
0: valued. When discrimination is wiped out of our laws, habits, and hearts.
3: And when the voices of ordinary people are heard and respected in our democracy.
0: So a few weeks ago, if you were in Lexington, you probably heard of this thing happening all across the city. Mm. So a few weeks ago, if you were in Lexington, you probably heard of this thing happening all across Lexington. Groups of people across the city were chatting on social media about their dinner plans. They were filling their church basements with fish fries, reserving space at the library, taking over entire pizzerias, welcoming strangers into their homes for potlucks. This was on the table. And Lexington was one of the 10 cities doing it nationwide this year. The idea was pretty simple. Get as many people in the city as possible to just sit down and talk to each other about the Lexington they want to see. To ask your neighbor, what's important to you? What brought you to Lexington and why did you stay? Hundreds of table hosts facilitated conversations with 8 to 12 people over coffee or dinner and submitted those notes and comments to the project. The whole purpose here, ostensibly, is to collect all of this input sort of as a giant survey of community members here in Lexington and translate those stories into real social change. See, the comprehensive plan for the city of Lexington is due for updates in 2018. And so what the Division of Planning did was sift through all that feedback from participants to identify trends and top concerns of the community. Over 11,000 people provided input. But how did it feel to participate? And is the city really listening to us? Today on our program, a debrief of On the Table, the citywide initiative to find out what Lexington wants. I sat down with three community members who were there on March 15th. Here's our conversation. Hey, everyone. In this segment of our episode, we um, are going to talk a little bit about our experiences at On The Table. I'm here with a few KPC members and community members um, who all attended the On The Table event. And uh, hopefully, we will be able to recall some of those conversations and talk a little bit Uh, about how they impacted us. I'm here with uh, Chris Woolery. Chris Woolery works for MESID, which is the uh, Mountain Association for Community and Economic Development. He runs the House Smart Kentucky program, which works with electric cooperatives to help homeowners and small businesses gain access to energy retrofit services. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you. Uh, We're also here in studio with Sharon Murphy. Uh, Sharon has been a KFDC member for many years, and she um, has been really involved in our voter empowerment work, as well as working on the Clean Energy Work Team here in the Central Kentucky chapter. She also does a lot of work with Nerd Squad here in Lexington. And she just celebrated a birthday. Happy birthday, Sharon. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, also on the phone, we have Russell Allen, who has been heavily involved in the Take Back Cheapside campaign here in Lexington, a uh, campaign to remove uh, racist statues. In downtown Lexington. He's also a kick-ass MC. Goes by Real to Poet. Check him out on SoundCloud. Right? Is that right, Russell?
1: Uh, iTunes, Camp, SoundCloud, Spotify.
0: Also, if you can catch him real life, it, uh, it would behoove you to do so. Okay. First, I just wanna I just wanna like lay the foundation by by asking each one of you, maybe individually, what your event. Uh, was like which event did you attend for on the table and How many people were at your table? Russell we can start with you since you're on the phone
1: The uh, NAACP on the table discussion that was held at the uh, downtown library uh, my table Rotated so we started out. Um, I actually got there a little late brought my daughter um, but We started out with about, from what I saw, about six people, and uh, it went up for about eight, and then we we hung back around six.
0: That's great. Uh, Chris, what about you?
3: I was at the same event at the NAACP um, forum at the library, and uh, we had four people at my table. It was the smallest table in the group, but we had a robust discussion, and I can't wait to tell you more about it
0: great that sounds awesome Sharon what about you
2: okay I actually went to two on the table events I went to the one in the afternoon with the lyric and I just went as like a participant and then I also went to the event that Chris and Russell went to and I was a table host as well and I think I had about five to six people at my table maybe
0: yes oh and that's right I should also mention um that I hosted a potluck at my house um we had about 10 folks there and it was it involved uh, mostly KFTC members, um, who, a lot of whom were sort of new to the organization. So some conversations, uh, from what I can gather, in talking with people who attended this event, some conversations were big, uh, talked about broad issues in Lexington, and some were really small and talked about, uh, you know, even what's happening on, on their street. Uh, pretty specific. What, I guess, Chris, we could start with you. I would love to know, what was the feeling of your conversation? Was it a broad base or was it more narrow focused?
3: Yeah, well, we went to the, to the uh, orientation and we were instructed uh, numerous times to uh, try to have maximum flexibility in our conversation. So while we invited folks to talk about clean energy in Lexington, we didn't micromanage the conversation. And so it did, um, it did become a broad conversation about what folks would like to see in their hometown.
0: And what, what were some of those things?
3: Well, it ran the gamut. It ranged from um, you know pedestrian and bike friendliness, um, encouragement of public transportation, of course, clean energy issues, women's health, intersectionality of jobs, poverty, access to health care and education. Um, and I could go on, but I won't. Oh, that's, that's, that
0: sounds like a pretty lively conversation. Uh, Russell, what about you? Were, were your conversations sort of broad-based or were they more specific? And can you talk a little bit about what you heard
1: um, so our conversation was a little bit more focused, but it still had a, a range of topics. Uh, we discussed uh, economic uh, issues. We discussed um, some of the revitalization projects that are going on um, on the east side of Lexington, um, also education. So it was, uh, like I said, just a little bit more focused, but we still hit a, hit a lot of uh, ground.
0: Russell, I'd like to follow up on one thing you said, which was the revitalization. That's sort of, I think, probably a code code word for gentrification, right? And mm-hmm. uh, sort of economic displacement. Can you talk a little bit about what that conversation was like and, and did you see any solutions posed or was it sort of more of a, um, let's just acknowledge that this is a problem?
1: Yeah, um, it was kind of started out at the base of Acknowledging the problem and then just a real light uh, kind of sprinkling of possible solutions. Basically, we just kind of, I guess a point that I I could bring up is something I made because I know I can remember it, Um, but just kind of stating that the revitalization project is not designed for the people that live there now. So it's definitely designed to, like the word says, like revitalize a bring in a different, newer type of person, and I was just explaining, like, through my research, that type of uh, housing, that type of development that they're bringing is something that, like, a lower middle class to middle class family can afford and not somewhat around the poverty level, and some of the things we just talked about as far as solutions was just kind of a ground level uh, engagement with those those companies that are are doing the revitalization because a lot of us that were at the table didn't really know much about those companies so just kind of like okay we found the problem now we must engage them to to see where we can take this
0: one thing that i really love about the event was that um, it gave sort of it gave us the sort of opportunity to uplift a lot of uh, issues that we care about that uh, maybe are not happening Uh, on a city-wide level and I think that revitalization and gentrification are definitely one of them. Um, It came up pretty heavily at at our conversation as well. and Chris is motioning and saying, "Us too." Uh, Sharon, did you did that? Was that an issue that y'all uh, discussed at your event?
2: Not so much in form of gentrification, but we um, there was another group that was at my table as well, so we split our time in half. Um, it was a young lady there from Henry Clay, and she was talking about how she was trying to get a uh, Black Lives Matter started at her high school. So we were really giving her affirmation and positivity and we just gave her suggestions, because as you know, Bryan Station, they have a Black Lives Matter chapter. So we were thinking that maybe she should partner with them to figure out what they did and how they got it off the ground. And we were also just talking about, she was like, well, it's the end of the school year, so she didn't want to start. And we were like, okay, but she still want to say, like, it's coming to create the buzz while it's still fresh in people's mind. And we were thinking maybe they can have events together, like over the summer to try to figure that out. And then we also talked about uh, clean energy as well, because that was the main reason why the KFTC partnered with the NAACP was to talk about the KU and and LG&E rate case, because that hasn't been getting a lot of buzz in the media. Chris, uh, what
0: was the conversation about revitalization like in your group
3: it was one of the few things we talked about where actual solutions were proposed at least potential solutions Um, it was interesting as well that we were drawing some parallels and tying it to other issues like the it, the issue of the urban service boundary, um, it, the point was made that if the urban service boundary doesn't expand, there's going to be more pressure on infill and redevelopment, revitalization, gentrification, however you want to call it. And it was clear that um, Tom Eblin's article about the conversation that happened at the Lyric was was known to the folks at at my table, and so. You know, they talked about potentially having CBAs, community benefit agreements, special taxes or fees for folks, investors that were flipping houses or tax breaks for long term residents, income restrictions, caps on equity and profit. And so there were, you know it wasn't new ideas it was things that tom had highlighted in his article but it was good to know that people had seen that and were open to a conversation about those important things
0: right and for those uh listeners who aren't familiar with the urban service boundary can you just explain a little bit about what that is Why that's such a big piece of this conversation about Lexington right now.
3: Sure. Well, as a former home builder in Lexington, I can tell you from experience that developers and builders just have um, too much power here in Lexington. And so that was brought up at my table, not by me, but by others. And the urban service boundary, there's a big debate about whether we should expand um, the city services to parts that are really now considered part of the county and not part of the city and open it up to more development in these more rural areas and you know there's folks that want to protect farmland there's folks that want to uh, develop farmland and so it's a really big issue that really gets people very passionate and uh, but most of the folks at my table were on the on the let's not expand side of the debate but wanted to do that in a way that doesn't harm folks in lower income areas that could be impacted by such a decision.
2: And I just also want to piggyback on something that Chris said at my table at the event that I went to in the afternoon with the Larry, they were talking about there's so many abandoned buildings that are just sitting there. So how about we try to turn some of these abandoned buildings into making them of this useful again, such as like apartment complex, like I believe in LA, that's what they've did. They've turned like abandoned buildings and stuff and they've turned them into homeless shelters for homeless people so they can get back on their feet and off the street and just being from Lexington and driving around here, there is a lot of abandoned buildings that's just sitting there. So instead of pushing people out their homes, how about we take this building and you do whatever you're trying to do versus that's apartments or new businesses or retail or whatever, like there's space already there. So why are you coming into somebody's neighborhood when that's really unnecessary? Like You don't have to do that.
0: We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll hear more from our panel on a debrief of the On the Table event. Um, you're listening to 93.9 WLXU Lexington Community Radio. Stay with us. Hi. Hi. This is Christian Ryan from the Southern Kentucky chapter of Kentuckians for the Commonwealth. Let me ask you something. Have you ever dreamed of joining KFTC as a career? Wanna learn the ropes of community organization and activism? KFTC is launching a new organizer apprentice program this spring, and we want you to be a part of it. Organizer apprentices will help expand the reach of our community organizing all across the Commonwealth, training new organizers in basic and advanced organizing skills, training emerging grassroots leaders, and growing the capacity of KFTC, our allies, and other active communities and constituencies during this critical juncture in history. Apply today at kftc.org slash jobs. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Power to the People with Kentuckians for the Commonwealth. You're listening to 93.9 WLXU Lexington Community Radio. If you're just joining us this hour, we are talking about what happened at On the Table, which was hundreds of conversations happening around Lexington all at one day. Many KFTC members participated, and uh, we're just here to debrief today. Um, we're going to get back to our conversation with KFTC members. Sharon Murphy, Chris Willery, and Russell Allen. So, a lot of our work, uh, especially at KFTC, tend tend to be a pretty state level, like spending time in Frankfurt or trying to find Andy Barr <laughs> hilariously to to no avail. Um, but what is what I guess I want to ask, what is the value in working on such a small scale? Does it feel like it's somehow more effective of a strategy? And uh, I guess I'll put that to Russell, since you've done a lot of uh, really hyper-local work here in Lexington. What, what's the value of uh, investing in a place that's, like, so immediate?
1: Um, it's just kind of like any any project or any type of thing that you do in life. Uh, you start at, at the ground level and you build up. So... There's plenty of atrocities nationally, state level as well that that I'm very passionate about. But before we can take on those big things, I feel like it's important to to cut, like for lack of a better term, cut your teeth on the local level and really get some things done tangibly where you live. And then from there, you can really, first of all, you can really branch out into into those state issues with that experience. Hey. We did this thing here in my city or in my town, and this is how it works. so if you guys want to do it, I suggest these things so that's really that's the benefit for me and and, and another benefit would be just like getting to know the people in your community uh better because that's a, a I think a lot of the problems that we have are through disconnects and and through people not really understanding that a lot of the problems that we have as a society are problems that everybody has, and that all these problems that, that that people may be uncomfortable with um, affect them, too. So uh, if they're trying to, you know, just example with the statues, if, if, if you want to see those statues there because you think it, it, it tells history, it actually, what it does is it just holds us back. It lets us know that we are not that far from where we came. And, and the things that happened there have still not been held, still not been atoned for, I guess. So that's, that's the benefits for me.
0: And, and for those listeners who aren't familiar, which um, I would doubt is very many, uh, Russell, can, can you just give us a brief update on uh, what the statue, the work on the statues is downtown and, and what where that is right now?
1: Okay, yeah, sure. Um, So, basically, uh, the Take Back movement is a a movement to have the statues of John C. Breckenridge and John Hunt Morgan removed from the downtown Cheapside area, which was the second largest slave trading post in America during the height of slavery. Currently, what we're doing right now, we are petitioning uh, the mayor to um, hear a proposal and to put a proposal in action to have those statues moved uh, around the time of the unveiling of the new courthouse. So um, right now what we're doing is just meeting with community leaders, uh, city leaders, trying to gain support as well from just normal people and make it a, a situation where it's an issue that the mayor can't refuse to address.
0: So that's a great example of some very uh, Lexington-oriented work. That um, also gives a nod to a bigger conversation that's happening in our country right now. I kind of want to ask everyone here, um, so a lot of the vision of this was to hear each other's stories, right? And uh, see share our vision for Lexington. Did anyone hear a story that allowed them to see something about Lexington from a new perspective. For example, I just moved to Lexington like last summer. So a lot of the uh, work that KFDC does um, on a statewide level is pretty familiar to me, but I'm still learning so much about Lexington. And it was really cool to be able to sit in a room with people and hear them sort of mention, you know, developers by name, right? And, um, and organizations by name. And I just, I learned a lot about Lexington. Um, did anyone learn anything new uh, that they weren't expecting? Or did you um, have an experience where you saw something from a, a different perspective?
2: Not really, cause I'm from Lexington, even though I did leave for two and a half years, but really for Lexington, like it's really nothing new. Like if you're from here, then it's not, a lot of stuff new happens. Like the issues that the girl was bringing up at my table about the school system was the fact that there's not really like a lot of African American teachers and staff in the school building and that creates an issue because students feel like if the issue does occur then they don't have you know they don't have anybody to go talk to or to vent to about that situation. Mm -hmm. So we we had a few more when I was in the school system, but it seems like from what I'm hearing that that number has like went down and all the minority faculty they have, they're like coaches, like they're like the disciplinarians, like you don't see a black African-American math teacher hardly or something. The only time you see a black man is when you're in trouble. It's kind of like someone at my table was like, her child is in school and when his, when her son gets in trouble, she goes, she's coach, which is the only black African-American men that person mm-hmm.
3: has a
0: representation of. Mm-hmm. Chris, what about you?
3: Yeah, but I didn't really hear a news story, but I did get a new perspective of folks, you know, that are new to Lexington, that are Kentuckians, that are new to Lexington. And uh, one of my table mates said, you know, Lexington has smog and, and people don't realize it. And they also, another one said, um, hey, we're right here at the intersection of two major interstates and we don't really take advantage of that and it's something that i had never thought of or discussed before and then finally um others said hey we have a reputation here in lexington you know we're we're internationally known for certain things bourbon bluegrass horses basketball why don't we build on that and not not just to bring in people but why don't we learn more about our town ourselves why don't we why don't we know about the things to do in Lexington? Here, the folks that have been longtime residents, we don't think about those things like the uh, museums and the historical sites because it's kind of like we've seen them our whole lives. You know, I saw those statues in Cheapside ever since they were there and never paid them any mind until DeBron and Russell um, brought this subject up. And I just want to thank them for doing that. And so, A a new perspective, even from someone who is a longtime resident, can really change the way you see your town. And so it's great to see conversations happening um, on issues that I didn't even realize were issues.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, For me, a lot of our conversation was really emotional. Some community members who live on the north side of Lexington and the east end of Lexington were sharing their stories of having to face violence, having uh, limited resources for their families. And I think it was a great experience for everyone there to Just hear another person talk about that. Um, Even if we didn't get down to brass tacks and talk about the solutions to those problems, I think just being in the same room as other people talking about what they kind of face every day was really good for us uh, in community building. So I I guess my next question for everyone is, how did this feel for y'all? Did it feel any different from other conversations we tend to have on a broad scale about Lexington?
1: It didn't. Really feels that much different than normal conversations like I have with um, my friends or people that do similar work. But the I think the difference that I did see was um, give an organization to it. So just people actually um, in some sort of setting that has an end goal, which is to submit this information and and compile it and figure um, out where we need to go from here. So it was just. More so than what you do with, like I said, friends uh, or people you work with at events. This was more like a 1st a, um, a actionable step to like a broad coalition.
3: I think for me, um, I didn't think that the conversations were transformative. Um, you know, compared to the conversations I've had at Cheapside when we're demonstrating, those were really eye-opening, um, they were cathartic, they were informative and I would say they're transformative. The ones at the on the table, not so much. However, um, they did leave me optimistic and and I think I would like to lift up the power of the question. The city asked us what we want and I think that's a huge thing and people are willing to participate when they're asked and they're willing to be more patient if they feel like they have a hand in the creation of the solution. And You know, I'm always talking about democratic, transparent, inclusive, participatory processes. And it would have been a shame if we didn't get involved in that because that's what this was, at least on its face. Now we have to make sure that they take those those uh inputs into real consideration and they show up in the plan if we can do that i think it is uh it will become a transformative conversation
2: i was just going to agree with what chris said like a lot of people don't know and that's just like a lot of issues with the gentrification that's going on a lot of people don't know that they can go to public hearings they can go to the planning commission meetings that they have them like they can go they can email comments but a lot of the things that people the reason why they choose is not to participate is simply just because like they don't know like this information it isn't widely publicized mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I feel like if we build that coalition and work together like Chris said up what you said and then we can create change before this comprehensive plan even comes about we can start making change now
0: right that was a theme of our dinner as well was uh, access mm-hmm. we talked a lot about access to um, our municipal government and those are all really great points I would like to ask one final question, and that's um, how do we carry this model with us, and where do we go from here?
2: I feel like KFTC, we already do this because our whole message is empowering people, and whenever we work on an issue, we already get people's personal stories so that that way when we go lobby, we can have someone just directly impacted by this policy. So I feel like KFTC, which is consecutive for the Commonwealth, I feel like we're already doing that. And I know with Take Back Cheapside, I know that they're actively engaging people and in introducing the issue to them as well. So I feel like the people on this segment, I feel like we're already doing that. Now maybe we need to meet with other groups and show them how to do it as well. And in that way, if you have multiple groups working on many issues, then we can really make a sense and be the place that we want it to be.
3: For me, I think, um, you know, I came to the to the event wanting to talk about energy efficiency and clean energy in Lexington. And uh, because we wanted to keep the conversation open, we saw a lot more um, discussion. And so I saw three folks at my table who I, I, don't, I don't think I can plug in to the clean energy um Debate because that wasn't why they were there. That might have been why they came because I invited them, but that really wasn't what their focus was. And so I think, you know, for me, I have an opportunity to plug them into action um, on the issues that they identified that were important to them. And Kentuckians for the Commonwealth is a broad group of people that works on broad issues and that is chapter based in that we choose. What's important to us, Sharon and myself and some others work on clean energy issues in in Lexington. But there's plenty of room for others to work on other issues like minimum wage and access to health care, pedestrian friendly, uh, different types of how we want to develop our city. And so I think for me, my next step is just to try to reach back out to those people that were at my table and, and show them a way to have an impact on the issues that they identified that were important to them.
1: Sharon and Chris both made great points. Basically, the next steps are reaching out, like he said, to those people at your table and making lasting connections and and plugging them into two things that they can continue to blossom and grow in, even if it's not the issue that you're most passionate about. So it's just kind of building on that community that you had at your table and grow on that
0: well I just want to thank everyone so much for being here today it's been a really nice conversation and I think it's it is important to uh not let that event be a isolated event that happened in a vacuum but that we carry those things with us and I think everyone here is doing a really great job of doing that so keep up the good work thanks so much Russell uh for calling in oh no problem and that about wraps up our show today Uh, you've been listening to Power to the People with Kentuckians for the Commonwealth Uh, before we go, don't forget that our next chapter meeting is going to be Thursday, April 20th that's at 7pm at the Living Arts and Science Center um, at the corner of 4th and MLK here in Lexington we'll be there from 7 to 9 Um, you don't want to miss it and we also have a couple announcements from Sharon
2: Murphy and Chris Willery I'll let them take it away. My first announcement is Nerd Squad. Like um, Meredith mentioned, I do a lot of work with them. We will be bringing Dr. Tracy Drain, which is an African American flight system engineer, from Louisville, Kentucky. She will be at Bryan Station High School on April the 14th from five to seven. It's open to the public. I encourage everybody to come. And then like Chris that me and Chris, we partnered with NAACP to talk about the KU Rate Case and the Public Service Commission is having a hearing about this on April the 18th at 5.30 at the Northside Library. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to change your, right now, currently you pay $10.75 for your current service charge for your electric, well, they're trying to increase that to—is it twenty-two dollars?
3: Twenty-two, maybe? yeah.
2: Twenty-two dollars and seventy-five cents.
3: So that makes it um, a little more difficult to be uh, focused on clean energy and to see the savings from energy efficiency. It gives you less control over your electric bill. And more importantly, that proposed rate increase or rate restructuring um, disproportionately affects low and moderate income folks that really don't need that extra burden. In Kentucky, we pay high proportions, high bills, um, and also even higher as a proportion of income. And um, there are better ways to make KU whole and to increase its revenues in ways that encourage efficiency and renewables, not discourage them. So I would encourage everyone to get involved in that conversation, because that's the only thing that's going to make a difference.
0: Next week, you've got the Kentucky Student Environmental Coalition. You don't want to miss it. See you then. Thanks for listening.